Moshi Moshi. Hello. I'm Zeb Ramsbotham. And I'm Annie Ramsbotham. And we're the Rambling Ramsbothams. Our journey might be rambling, but we hope this podcast isn't. You know what I'm glad about? What? That I bought cheesecake and we ate some right before this? Yeah, I mean, that was pretty good. <laughs> but you know what today is? It's October 16th. Yeah. No. It's trash day. Oh. <laughs> Thank goodness. Oh, well, I forgot to take the trash out on Thursday night. Oh. That's why the trash is so full. I was wondering. So I've been really cramming it into that one bag. <laughs> we have other trash bags. I know, but it always feels like wasteful. wasteful, you know? It is hard because we only have trash day like twice a week. And so then, you know, you don't want to bring out a half bag of trash because that's a whole half bag you yeah. could have used up. Yeah. So yeah, you kind of have to like plan out your trash output. Well, thankfully, I don't think we really do because usually the bag's appropriately full. I don't plan it out. I just like squish it down and <laughs> yeah, just really try to cram as much. I'm in. really good about taking it out though on Monday nights because they yeah. pick it up Tuesday morning or Thursday night because they pick it up Friday morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they pick it up like first thing in the morning, like 6.30 a.m. Because I remember I tried to get out there one time. And it was like 6.30 a.m. And I was like, no, no, please. <laughs> yeah, because technically they say you're not supposed to put it out the night before. Yeah, but I'm not getting up at 5 a.m. Yeah. for trash. Yeah. And we have someone, well, let it be known, we have someone that lives in our apartment and they don't know when trash day is. Yeah. They keep putting it out on the wrong day. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't really smell. Okay, it doesn't bother me either. But the only reason it slightly bothers me is I feel like everyone probably looks at us and they're like... <laughs> The foreigners don't know what trash day is, but it's not They can't read the signs. I know. We do it. We do it on the appropriate day. Yeah. But I just forgot last time because I work at the night school. And last time I came back on Thursday night and I was just tired. And so I have an alarm on my phone. So my phone reminded me, but I remember being like, I don't want to go outside. (laughs) So I didn't didn't notice until you said anything. I just thought we'd been exceptionally trashy. Oh no. I've been like. Uh, I'm oh. really waiting for it. Okay. The only issue is that, and it's nice that it comes twice a week because I guess it's like a, not a Japanese thing. I mean, anywhere you live in the world, trash will get stinky. But I feel like because we do eat a lot of fish, that's always my yeah. worry is that we eat so much fish. So the there's usually skin. like fish skin and stuff in there. But We also don't have a like sink disposal. I don't know if this is just an American thing. I think sink disposals are just an American thing. We're like, so I guess if you're not American... And you're listening to this. It's like a thing in your sink. It's basically like a blender. Yeah, we have a blender in our sink. Some people do. Yeah. I never had one. My parents' house had one. Well, I can still remember when my mom got one. It was a big deal. I remember like when they installed it, it was like, whoa. You never put any food trash in the trash can. You just put it all in the sink and you just blend it up. It goes right down. Yeah, that sounds pretty American. Yeah. (laughs) I doubt anyone else in the world's (laughs) doing that other than us. Uh, you ever accidentally put a spoon in there? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, guess what, listeners? I accidentally almost... So our microwave has an oh, oven yeah. function, and I'm always scared about putting metal in it, but I accidentally put some metal in the microwave function That's frightening. yesterday for like two seconds, but our I quickly stopped it, and our microwave is fine, and we're fine, and yeah. Yeah, we sound very dysfunctional. We don't take the trash out. We've been microwaving metal. What else have we done? Well, you know what we did that was good? We celebrated our anniversary. We did big yeah, only, fancy people uh, things. Two weeks late. Okay. We got around to it. 
Messer last week. It was um, just a convenient date. We we had we said happy anniversary on the actual day, but then yeah. Oh, no. So Annie was on that bike tour in Gunma that we talked about last episode. Um, so this week, because she was actually here uh, with us, because <laughs> Annie decided to come home. <laughs> um, yeah, and it was a Saturday, so yeah. we waited until it was a Saturday night. We and Zeb got us a really nice reservation. But not and, only that. Oh, I made pancakes. That's true for breakfast. Yeah, so we had another kind of date day because it was saturday so we had really nice pancakes for breakfast well our first date day was just because we hadn't seen each other like two weeks yeah and then this was more of a a formality oh (laughs) (laughs) you had to make me pancakes yeah so anyway we went on a bike ride and then when we got back it was almost time to take the train into town for dinner um it was a six o'clock reservation, I think, or six mm-hmm. thirty. It was six, which sounds really early, but then dinner. I, I don't know if this is maybe some European friends listening are like, yeah, that's nothing. But like, usually dinners, formal dinners in Japan, are going to be like a two-hour thing, especially mm. if it's like a kaiseki meal. I guess if you think about maybe some southern European countries like Spain, they might eat dinner what like eight or nine, but then it's like. The thing you know yeah you're that's out, what like, I, two or three hours yeah. just i don't know we would have family dinners because that was an important thing for my family and it was nice but it wouldn't it wasn't like a two-hour thing but anyway I, i'm just thinking of that because one of the guests on the bike tour was like i had a great time it was really lovely some constructive criticism i might not like to have like a two-hour meal every single night and i was like yeah that's fair like i guess yeah. if you're if you're used to Especially saving some eating. time like yeah. in the evening to go see stuff, then like all of a sudden you don't have time to do that. Or if like know? food's just not like it's not your experiencing thing. food isn't your thing and it's not something you're interested in. And it's fine. Like if sometimes I'm like that, especially with like breakfast or even some meals, like yeah. I'm in the middle of doing something. I'm just trying I wanna, to eat and then yeah, like keep I'm, doing I wanna, my activity. Like, I'm hungry, so I need to eat, but I'm not trying to have yeah. like a production or well, because enjoy it. with a kaiseki style meal or like any of those kind of course meals you don't get to choose the pace and so you have to like wait until the meal's done which is you know yeah. it'll come out over the course of two hours it's not like you're just caught up you you could and should be caught up in the discussion maybe with whoever you're with and maybe the time yeah, will but just fly by if, you, but if you've been doing that for eight days yeah maybe by the end you're like okay yeah <laughs> i just want to eat a slice of pizza in bed yeah um <laughs> But yeah, so we, it was kind of a a risk, not risk, but so Japan actually does have like a lot of international food, but a lot of times it's the Japan version of the international food experience. Mm-hmm. And so I know that Kaiseki is one of Annie's favorite, I guess like Japanese meals it's or experiences. Fun, yeah, it's a fun experience. So originally I was looking for a Kaiseki restaurant, um, but a lot of them are pretty traditional and me being... I guess like an introvert and also a foreigner and not speaking super good Japanese. I don't like talking on the phone anyway. Um, if I can find a place that has online reservations, that's <laughs> ideal. Um, and so a lot of Kaiseki restaurants tend to be maybe a little more traditional. Yeah. And you have um, to like call to book a reservation. Usually. Yeah. So I found this place and they had online reservations wow. and they're actually across from a Kaiseki restaurant. And it happens to be in probably Annie and I's favorite neighborhood. In, in Kanazawa. Kanazawa. Yeah, it's like near the Samurai District. Yeah, if you come to Kanazawa and you go to the Samurai District, you should, if you can, like they're the top sites to kind of see. But if you have like a little bit of time and you can kind of just wander around 
the greater Nagamachi area. It's just really pretty. It's kind of like cozy and quaint. It's a fun place to walk around and pretend like, oh, what if we lived here? You know, and you can look at all the houses. Mm -hmm. It has a really good vibe. Especially that. that night because it was it was already dark, even though it was like six. It's starting to get dark really early. Yeah, I looked and at the forecast for the sunset. <laughs> look at a lot of forecasts um, for okay. the sunset. By the end of October, it's going to be just under five p.m. Yeah, it's going to be like four fifty nine. One of the hardest sunset. parts about winter is like the really early sunset. Yeah, I'm gonna have to order some more vitamin D or something. I know. Yeah. But anyway. anyway, it was fun because we were walking to dinner, and you're only like two blocks off like the main kind of one of the main streets that goes through downtown. Mm-hmm. But then you feel like you're in a neighborhood cause you're walking along this, the street that has canals running through it. So it's got this peaceful like water noise the whole time you're walking. And then we walked by a, this was a junior high school and there was like a dance happening out in the yard, like in the baseball field area, there was like lights and people and dancing and well, there wasn't anyone dancing, but there was music. <laughs> Someone clapped. There was, yeah. clapping. there was like a fun little thing happening and people were biking over to the school. Like kids were like walking together. They're standing just, in front of buses. Well, there Their was a bus that was trying to like go down the street yeah. and there was, it was yeah. nice to have like a quaint neighborhood. Yeah. Feel like, Oh, there's, stuff happening people are out and about yeah it was very lively yeah it was a good good atmosphere and then we made it to dinner which was a um it was french japanese so yeah, it's so like a french style restaurant but of course this is like in the realm of like japanese cuisine so it was like everything had a japanese twist to it but it was yeah more french food and like for example we noticed it was really funny that so the premise is like you sit down and you get a menu and the menu only has the ingredients. So basically like the star ingredient of each little course. So it's kind of like a Kaiseki style where they keep bringing you yeah. food. I liked that because it kept the surprise. Like you get 10 tiny dishes. And so you know like, oh, the next one that comes will have shrimp and persimmon. But you don't know like how it's presented. Yeah. So I thought that was that was still fun. But we noticed it was really nice. Like every single course that you got had different utensils. Yeah. But the whole time there was a set of chopsticks there in case you wanted to use it. Mm-hmm. But they always gave you like a different spoon and fork to go with the meal. Yeah. And then there were some chopsticks. And it was pretty funny because you could tell like well, I kept waiting. the Japanese influence. I kept waiting for like the dish to use chopsticks with yeah. but because they kept giving us a spoon like yeah. specifically for this dish. Here's yeah. the spoon. So I was like, okay, I'll use the spoon. And so I guess then by the end of the meal when I hadn't used the chopsticks still, I was like, oh, that was just... <laughs> like yeah. my option i guess so it's an interesting fusion because we were also trying to describe the restaurant to each other that the restaurant did have a bit of a european feel but it was still very japanese yeah, like you're sitting in at a counter like a wooden counter very close to the chef kind of like at a ramen restaurant or something yeah but then everything was very like sleek and like understated yeah. kind of like a nordic like minimalist vibe yeah, Japan's super <laughs> into the nordic vibe and then it was really funny too because then it did have, and I wonder, you know, I'm curious about, like, I wonder if the chef lived in France or if he just really likes. Yeah, maybe he just likes like, that food. Yeah, but then, of course, he was cooking with chopsticks. So it's pretty funny yeah. that he was, like, you know, at one point he was, like, cooking steak or something, but he had, like, <laughs> like chopsticks yeah. that he was, like, flipping. Yeah, well, I mean, because I guess it wasn't, like, a French restaurant, but no. it, yeah, it had definitely influences of both, but... Apparently he's got six different seasons because we asked him at the end, like, oh, oh is yeah. this the fall 
menu and you know when does the winter menu start and he was saying well you know first winter starts and then we have second winter and then he has i think early spring and late spring and then summer yeah. just gets one yeah so, so summer and fall each just get one but fall and winter are both split into two which so is kind of cool six seasons you have to be like you can't be a picky eater though like i was thinking about that too it was really nice that neither of us have allergies to anything so we're able like maybe i liked some things more than others but i am able to like try anything which is a huge blessing when you're making the reservation there was an option to like fill in a comment oh, really? box so i think you could kind of help influence the menu maybe a little bit hmm. like there was an option to put in stuff like you can't eat or hmm. but it is one of those things that and we, we'll talk about this more later with another meal i had um yeah it is nice having flexibility and traveling and i know for a lot of people it's just not worth it or they don't want it but or they can't like what yeah, if you're allergic can't. to something yeah. no that's definitely true yeah but, but yeah, it, was really, it was very convenient did you a have nice a favorite experience. favorite dish out of the like 12 that they gave us yeah it's kind of hard to think about a favorite um the very first thing that they gave us was like a little cracker with ham oh, that was really and good. cheese i know i'm oversimplifying it but that was like that one was fine. Like, it was good. But then the second one that we had, I liked that one a lot because that was the one with shrimp and persimmon. And yeah. I just really like persimmon. It was like a little fruit parfait, but then it had raw shrimp in it. Yeah, it was like sweet <laughs> but, and savory. Yeah. But the shrimp, because it was raw, and I was thinking about this too, I never had raw shrimp growing up. Like, we would have little cocktail shrimp or like we'd go to the beach and get yeah. like a shrimp I always assumed shrimp was kind of crunchy. Like, had yeah. a little bite to it. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, chewy when it's boiled and stuff yeah but when it's raw it's like creamy yeah and it's so good which is really interesting yeah, i had no idea until this mm. like when we moved here and i had raw shrimp for the first time and i was like <laughs> this is like a completely different texture yeah than cooked shrimp i guess i i think maybe my favorite and i feel bad saying this was maybe the like the steak oh really it was just really good yeah and i really liked the uh, peppercorns wagyu boy yeah yeah oh yeah they had changed man they had raw peppercorns which i guess that's what maybe he used the word nama which is either raw or fresh yeah but they were less spicy than dried peppercorns and then like when you ate the whole thing it was like kind of wet like a caper yeah they looked like capers <laughs> so i thought it was like a caper situation but then yeah. it was like it was really good yeah the other thing on the complete opposite end of the meal that i liked was that they gave us two ice creams <laughs> That's true. I actually did like the tea experience. That mm. was like a nice way to end a meal. So at the end of the meal, they gave you your options of like teas and stuff you wanted to drink or coffee. Mm -hmm. um, so you got like another, yeah, a little dessert. And then they right gave the us end. a platter that said happy birthday, not happy birthday, happy, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> happy anniversary yeah. on a cookie. And it was very nice because I don't know, they didn't have to mention anything, but I guess in the notes... They ask, like, why you're making the reservation? We asked why, and I tried to just click reserve. And it was like, no, this is a required box. Yeah, like, you must tell us why <laughs> so are you I was coming. Like, yeah, okay. But well, it is a nice touch, because then is, they yeah. know kind of, like, what the event is means to you. And then, I don't know, now I have, like, a really nice picture of us with, like, a happy anniversary cookie. It's very sweet. Yeah, the chef took our picture. Yeah, he did. Did he do good? Yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I haven't seen it, so... I don't know. I was also yeah. pretty sunburned from oh. the bike ride, so I'm probably like super red. <laughs> no, it was good. We'll put it on our Rambling Rams Waltham's Instagram. Yeah. This is just a fun experience. Japan, yeah. yeah. I guess any city probably is good for like, like a date night food situation. 
Yeah, it's nice to live somewhere where with nice restaurants. Yeah, look at us go. We're like country bumpkins out in the city. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel like the Clampets. Um, well, so anyway, you, I had another meal. Yeah, we really were like social and fun this week. Yeah, and this meal was well, a little were. less classy. Um, so I have like, there's a local cycling community and sometimes I go and do their like group rides and I go ride with them. And a few of the guys, I mean, they're all like super friendly. Um, I guess I feel bad cause I'm really into cycling a lot because you can do so much of it. It's personal. Yeah. Like it's like a personal experience. You like the solo sport aspects. I like the solo sport. And then just the way I like to ride, I really like riding the way yeah. I like to ride. So then when you're with a group, it can be totally fun and like a good place. And it is something special when you have, you know, like a friend that you are on kind of like a similar level and you're like understand each other. So then you can go on a ride and you don't have to hash out all the details. Mm-hmm. Like you both just know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so it can be really nice, but I guess, yeah, just like, you're just trying to like find your groove with this cycling group. Yeah. And I just like doing my thing. Yeah. Um, but occasionally they'll invite me to stuff and I always try to be nice and I'll go mostly, I mean, cause they are well, super you make nice it guys. Sound like, I know. I don't mean to make it sound no. like I, I don't want to be involved. Yeah. I they're, think it's nice that they friendly. invited you to something that wasn't cycling so that then, you know, you can maybe like decline some of the bike group offers and then hang out with them off bike too. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. So yeah. And it's also just with the language barrier, you know, sometimes like Especially with like riding, there are so many like technicalities and like details. It's hard mm. to explain like, well, I don't want to do this right now. Cause like, anyway, but so yeah, it was like really good to go get. Zip's on a strict training regimen. <laughs> no, nah, not right now. But that's the problem is right now I'm not. Cause now right. it's like my off season kind of like I'm just putzing around, but. So they're they out there, like, hammering you it, to so. get some yakiniku. Yeah. So this was like a really funny thing because yeah, they invited me to a yakiniku restaurant and Annie, I've talked about this before. We're both, I would guess now say former vegetarians um, <laughs> on the meat now. We're recovering vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My iron levels have never been better. <laughs> Proteins. Yeah. Through the roof. Yeah, there's um, hidden meat and everything here. Yeah. But anyway, so, it's, not, it's not a problem. But yeah, so you went to like basically a restaurant where like the only thing you can order is meat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like um, yakiniku is like fried meat. Yeah. So, or grilled, I guess. Grilled, meat. yeah. Yeah, so I guess this goes back to what I was saying earlier, though, about, like, be just willing to try things. And I, I definitely, I 100% get when people are, I'm vegetarian, I don't want to eat that. Yeah. Totally okay. Yeah. Like, I was that way for so long. But then living in Japan, I've tried to, you know, I want to see the other side. Um, so they said, do you want to go get yakiniku? And I said, sure. Um, but it's funny because when we sat down, uh, a couple of the guys were talking and they were like, Oh, what do you like? And we were, I was trying to explain to them, they're like, Well, in America, I, I didn't eat meat. So I was like, But here in Japan, it's okay. And one of the guys started giving the guy that organized it a hard time because I also am not drinking right now. And they wanted to do the Nomi Hodai, which is all you can drink for two hours. <laughs> so they brought and, like the non drinker, yeah. former vegetarian to like, and all you can drink bar where all you can eat is meat. <laughs> yeah. So he started giving the guy that organized like a hard time. And he was like, <laughs> like, what, like what's going on here? But it was funny because then they started asking me, they were like, well, what, what do you eat? And I was yeah. explaining, I was like, well, I really like rice and fish and vegetables. And it was funny because they were going along with rice and fish. And when I said vegetables, they were like, oh, like, it's so Japanese. They're like, what are you like? <laughs> They're like, give me a hard time for eating like the Japanese diet. And I was like, oh. I was like 
what do they eat well, only it, yeah, me all like, the time it's like we're in japan <laughs> yeah um except for broccoli broccoli's expensive here just as a side so if you're a vegetarian <laughs> sorry <laughs> living in japan might need to start eating the meat uh but it was totally fine because i told him you know it's like i'm yeah, I'm, I'm okay sure, with whatever. trying whatever. So they so, ordered like a sample sample of a bunch of different stuff for you guys. Well, they got some kind of like course menu where they just kept bringing like plates. It's kind of course, nice. It's like plates of meat. Because then you don't have to decide. <laughs> yeah, but the first thing I noticed that was really funny is the one guy that organized it had only been to this restaurant once before, and right away one of the older guys, who I guess was the like the senpai of the group, he um was trying to get the waiter's attention. And he couldn't figure out how to call the waiter. So he was just yelling like, sumimasen. Which is like what you would usually do. Like you you usually would just like yell for the waiter. And then like when that wasn't working, he looked at the table and he was like, bing bong, like, like, doko desu ka? Like he was like asking for like. (laughs) Like calling the doorbell the bing bong. Yeah, he called it the bing bong. (laughs) And they were like. Where's the bing bong? Well, immediately everyone was like, where's the bing bong? And they were like looking around and I was like. (laughs) what's happening which i guess Um, is also true a lot of tables will have like a doorbell yeah so it was on the ipad or tablet whatever it was and the guy um called and as soon as he pressed call the waiter the waiter showed (laughs) up so obviously the waiter had heard him yelling that's so dumb that they would like like, wait only people in the restaurant wow so then the waiter came up and then the waiter said something like wakaru instead of like wakarimasu Mm. And so the guy that had been yelling like, like he wasn't sen, using the polite form. Yeah, he like corrected <laughs> the guy. Oh. Like, <laughs> Japanese. Yeah, because also if the waiter's younger and it's the waiter, they should be using. Yeah, it was really funny. Generally, they should like, use the polite oh. form. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, off to a bad start here. Don't have the bing bong. We're not <laughs> using kego. Oh, We're no. struggling. Um, but yeah, so he ordered like a bunch of stuff, and then the three guys got the nomi hodai. So they immediately just started drinking. Yeah, you got to start. The timer's yeah, you two on. Two hours to get in there. Which is um, still fascinating that that's a thing, but we've talked about that before. Yeah. But like two hours of all you can drink in like most Western countries, I feel like would just be an absolute wild time. Especially in a college town. Oh my gosh. They would, be really it would bad. be dangerous because people would just start it's taking dangerous shots. In Japan. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, <laughs> one of the guys is having a tough time leaving at the end. Oh no. Um, but anyway, so he ordered all this meat and I told him, you know, I'm okay with trying it. Like, no big deal. And the very first thing was cow tongue. Oh. And so I was like, oh. Yeah, that's like really. <laughs> it was like, we're really. Like jumping in the deep <laughs> end. Because I was asking him, I was yeah, like, what like, is this? And they were like, oh, oh like, uh, I think it's tongue. And they just like maybe. point at their. Yeah. And, but surprisingly, it was really good. Well, that's like, good. I was very surprised. I thought it was going to be like chuff, chuff tough and chewy yeah and it was yeah it wasn't that's good but then we moved into chicken neck um there was no just like chicken nuggets on the menu no (laughs) it was like i don't know what set course they ordered yeah but it was like like the explorer give me the bits (laughs) bits. so, so the chicken neck was also okay okay there was normal like meat there I guess was like, normal is in quotes. There was like, like pork at one point. The meat were there was like, like bacony, and then there was some kind of like just normal beef. Mm. But then um, they hit me with the horomonyaki, which Annie said she'd never seen this on the menus before, and yeah. I've seen it because I always thought it was like a funny katakana 
translation. It's basically hormone. Um, hormone. Um, but it doesn't mean hormone. No, um, I don't really. So basically it means awful, which I also didn't really know what that was. I, I knew it's that like it's innards. like, I knew that it's like innards, but then I was looking it up and the, ba- the list includes um, esophagus, heart, pulmonary artery, uterus, mammary, diaphragm, pancreas, intestine, and rectum. Mm. And I know for a fact, I think I had a little bit of intestine or rectum. Mm. And um, the other thing, I'm honestly not, it was like really soft. I don't know oh, what it was. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we're yeah, trying lots of stuff. Yeah, that one left me a stuff. little kind of like, I can say no thank you to that next time. Yeah. I really got out there. Well, at least tried you tried it. What if you would really like it? There was the one, like the fish sperm that we had that one time. Oh, yeah. That was actually pretty good because it was deep fried well it was deep fried so anything <laughs> deep fried is good but yeah, yeah i mean i would try anything once i guess but yeah that was nice but for as much like you know trouble you were talking about earlier about how you were like oh i don't know if i want to go when you came back you were immediately like oh that was a really fun time yeah it was a good like, time you had a good conversation i just had that classic introvert thing where you say yes to something and then you like dread like, it the time rolls around <laughs> and you're like having cozy time in your house yeah like, oh, God, i gotta leave i gotta get out of the house yeah no but you you did like it and it was yeah, those guys was sounded really nice yeah like, they're super the funny too. like yeah because sometimes it's nice too because on the bike you you do get to know people but you get to know them in a different way yeah versus off the bike you see a little bit more of like standard personality especially when they were drinking so much it got to like yeah some of the conversation topics were just like really funny well and you can have like deeper conversations when you're just like face to face with someone i mean you can have good conversations on the bike and like topics will come up but like sometimes it's hard when you're on a hill and you're like i want to talk more but like (laughs) i have to breathe yeah (laughs) so this topic came up due to cycling um but then they were curious so they're asking me about you know something about what i prefer on my bike and i was telling like components yeah i told him i had sram because he also actually has sram and so we were talking about that wow even though you're in shimano country yeah and because he was complaining about the cassettes Mm -hmm. and how expensive they are and i was like yeah i know um so we talked about that and then he asked me about my and he kept saying like kozukai and i couldn't i was like i don't like it kind of sounds familiar but i don't know what that is and then he was kind of like patting his legs and i was like kozukai i was like 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 pants yeah i was like like my cramping like like, my like muscles doing okay and then he um pulled out because it's also in katakana uh pocket money Mm -hmm. and i was like oh pocket money i was kind of like i was a little confused because i was like i don't really know like what you mean by like yeah, like how much pocket money do I have? Yeah, I was like, yeah, I brought like cash. Like right now? Well, I'm then not- I thought we were like paying for the meal. So I was like, well, I brought cash. Um, and then they were explaining that pocket money is basically, and they all had it. So there were four of us sitting at the table. I and was, you guys are also four married men, which is a yep. which is an important topic for yeah. pocket money. Yeah. And so pocket money is like the allowance that their wives give them. Yeah. So... And I had heard this, but I thought it was kind of like just one of those stereotypes. I did too until you told me this. Yeah, I thought it was, yeah, like a stereotype that people have about Japan, but it's not necessarily true. And, you know, it's based on some reality, but in the real world. I mean, not 
not every household does this, but it is pretty common for in a household, the wife will be in charge of all of the money. So like, even if the man, like regardless of whether they both have an income, even if the man is the, is the only breadwinner, like she takes care of all the money and she'll take all of the salary and then uh, pay the bills, get the food, take care of whatever the kids need. And then whatever's left over, um, she might keep some, but then also like that would be the man's allowance, which is kind of funny. Yeah. She basically, yes, divvies it all up. And I read like some news articles about this and they were saying that essentially it's because a lot of people view that task as such a big burden that they don't want to spend time on it. And they think it falls in the realm of like housewife work that that's the wife's in charge of running the household. So the man's in charge of going out and earning the money and making a living. And then the wife should responsibly manage that money. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, Yeah. It's super interesting. Because it's so much like, I don't know, power in one person. I mean, I guess if you have a good relationship, then it wouldn't be like, and I also wonder if it's a symptom of, I mean, I guess we're like products of a different era. Like when I was in culture too different culture but i was also thinking when i was in college i had maybe the first time so when i was an undergrad i had two bills that i I did have to pay with a check and so i either had to go to the office or i had to mail the check Mm -hmm. so it was a bit of like an inconvenience but especially now like everything's online yeah and just automated so i can't imagine that being such like a burden on my free time that I need yeah. someone else to like fully assume like, <laughs> the responsibilities. Um, yeah. I don't know if like, I, I wonder how, what that looks like before they have kids, you know, because then there's even less bills. Like so, if you have so a couple the news of article kids that I read that, said that it's even like the housewife, like that, even if there are no kids involved, she controls the budget hmm. and she'll give out pocket money. Well, which is look, just look at her go. I know. So they were like really funny and they were asking me about my pocket money. And I was like, oh, we don't like we don't we don't do, do that pocket money. Like we both have access to the bank account and within reason, like we allow ourselves to get the stuff that we need. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of conf- like not confused because I understand the, you know, the concept of an allowance and a budget. But yeah, well, then I was like, maybe we should give each other pocket money. Because to keep ourselves accountable, like if all we have for the month is just like this much cash, it's yeah, a pretty I mean, easy it's, way it's to budget. Bad idea. Um, <laughs> so they were joking because one of the guys was like, "Yeah, my pocket money is it was like twenty seven thousand yen a month," mm-hmm. and he was the oldest guy, and then the youngest guy, his pocket money is only twenty thousand yen Which, a month. Twenty seven thousand. Let me look at what that is conversion rate because that's I only mean, that's like two hundred dollars. Yeah. I mean, that's like $150. Um, I put an extra zero on on accident. <laughs> it's $180. Okay, so $180. So, yeah, so he was complaining because he was like, you know what? I need to buy a new cassette for my bike. Yeah, that's like your entire He was like, it's month. two months of my pocket money. And I was like, <laughs> dang, man. <laughs> huh. Shucks. But apparently that also includes like eating out, drinking. It includes kind of like, so that meal came out of their pocket money. I was like, dang. Yeah, that's a yeah, a big treat. I know. Because you guys went a little wild. Well, it's because the Nomi Hodai yeah, part was really expensive. That's true. Um, 
but yeah, so it was like pretty fascinating to like learn about this concept and actually hear, no, it's not just a stereotype. Yeah. Like this is actually happening. Um, I, it had come up like in my conversations with my like girlfriends before because, we, but I kind of dismissed it because I was like, oh, that's funny. Like that, that wouldn't happen. But we had been talking about kind of joking about this house that was for sale we in just, downtown. Like, real estate. You know, Zeb or... just really likes looking at like Zillow or whatever. Well, it's just part of the daydreaming about like, oh, what if we lived in Nagamachi? Like, oh, I wonder how much houses cost yeah. in Nagamachi. But there was mm-hmm. a really cool house and we like biked over to see it and we had taken pictures of it and I was showing some friends and I was like, oh, look at this place. And they were like, oh, I forget how it came up, but they know that like we both have just like open uh, like access to our funds, you know? And they were like, oh, you better be careful. Like Zeb might go buy it. And I was like, but he wouldn't like yeah like i'm just gonna go buy a house <laughs> we would like, talk about consulting. that <laughs> like, <woo. laughs> so i don't know if the stereotype for japanese women are like oh the men can't be trusted you know like they'll just impulsively buy whatever and i mean i'm sure that that's just maybe. based on it depends on what your personality is like maybe somebody would but i just thought it was funny that they were joking about that but i guess that that joke comes from the idea that everyone would have pocket money <laughs> Yeah, or, like that's the way they run things. So I, we started looking into it more, and it's interesting that um, my friends are unfortunately struggling mm. in the pocket money. Like they should see the national statistics, because uh, there's actually a bank that does a survey every single year, and they survey people about their pocket money. And in 2011, the average monthly pocket money was 39,600 yen. Yeah, but so much has happened. In like 12 years. Yeah. So I found another study from 2022 and it's only decreased down to 38,642 yen. Hmm. So pocket money has dropped a little bit. But then this is interesting because they also have now been surveying women. So that's women, like $260 a month is the average. Yeah. So women are also giving themselves pocket money. So I guess in the dual income household, mm-hmm. the woman would give herself pocket money and give the man pocket money. Um, and women on average only get 33,278 yen of pocket money. Um, so it's a slight decrease from 2021, but overall not a huge drop from 2011. Um, but it was interesting to note. So in the 1990s, like right in the peak of kind of the Japanese bubble economy, um, the peak pocket money was 76,000 yen. Well, like in 1990, like right before it burst. Which is crazy. Yeah, that's like almost double. A lot of pocket money. Just walking around, just doing real good out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just fascinating to read about. And then they had all these other statistics about how it's the average male employee with the deepest pockets is a guy in his 30s. Hmm. And then apparently pocket money starts decreasing after your 30s. I guess maybe because you have kids. So then yeah. the budget starts getting maybe reallocated. Like more bills and stuff. Yeah, and interestingly, um, women in their 20s had the greatest amount of pocket money. Well, yeah, I mean, again, you don't have kids yet, maybe. Yeah, maybe but if you're you both do, not like having kids 20s. until your 30s. I don't know. Women in their 20s are just spending. No, maybe they have that, that much pocket money, but they don't spend it all. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so do you think, do we need a... Do we need pocket money? Yeah, we might, <laughs> we honestly. It's not a bad idea. I still like that we have our money 
like it's always accessible to both of us like we both can look at everything we have there's no like hidden amounts or like secrets but it is i personally get a lot of like impulse buy things especially food food always gets me yeah i'm bad at snacks yeah like i went to um the grocery store today because i went on a walk and it started pouring and i was walking right by the grocery store so i was like well why don't i just take some shelter in the nice little sweet treat the warm comfort of the grocery store Mm. which also has cakes (laughs) that's why i bought the cheesecake and we started watching the new season of the great british bake-off yeah so i was really cake was on my mind craving some cake but i had a lot of impulse buys in there and i was thinking like oh well if i had just like cash maybe i would spend less but yeah i guess it's a probably not either i don't know maybe i think it's a similar concept to there are people that do the like envelope budgeting mm-hmm. where as soon as you get paid, you like withdraw, like you transfer whatever to savings and then you withdraw your money and then you put it in the envelopes. Yeah. So, you know, like exactly how much yeah, you this have. is how much I have. And then when you spend it, it's gone. Yeah, it's just gone. Um, So, yeah, I guess similar concepts. So we could do something like that. But mm-hmm. do you, you could just manage it all. Ugh, I don't want to. I don't <laughs> want to do that. <laughs> you would just be in charge of everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, right. that would be bad because we do have like joint accounts that sometimes I'll ask you like, oh, have you looked at this account lately? And you're like, I don't remember my login or my password. Well, no, that's not like, like okay. specifically my retirement fund. Like, why do I need to Your look at that? Your retirement fund or investment account. Yeah, just you just a couple other accounts. Invest it. Forget it. That's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> there goes that money. I'm never going to see it again. <laughs> don't take it's investing gone. advice from me. Yeah. Uh, anyway. work for us. Speaking of food, so I mentioned persimmons. Sweet treats. Yeah, sweet treats. Good food. Fall has the best food. Fall is just the best season. But when we were eating our anniversary dinner, and I was talking about the shrimp persimmon dish. Oh, yeah. I was really excited. I was, like, hoping. I Honestly, I was just expecting the food to have persimmon in it because it's yeah. such a seasonal food that's like special to Japan. Also chestnuts, and it did have chestnuts. So did it in the ice cream at the end. Oh, and it also had kabocha. Mm, pumpkin. Yeah, that pumpkin puree. It was also frozen. <laughs> so anyway, so then I was thinking because I had not persimmons are another like food thing that I eat a lot now, but I never ate in America. And I don't know, it's not like we didn't have persimmons. I just never bought them. They weren't, like, something I ever saw or knew. So the first time I saw it, I was like, I don't know what this is. It looks like a tomato, but orange, kind of. Um, And, like, a harder. So, like, if you squished a tomato, it would, like, yield pretty easy. And a persimmon... It would yield. (laughs) It's like... The flesh of the tomato. (laughs) The persimmon is like a cross between like an apple and a tomato softness. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, they're super good. And I'm in the same boat that I like had heard persimmon. Like I knew of it as a word. I knew of it as a fruit. But I don't think I'd ever really eaten much or any. Got on this whole rabbit hole because I was thinking about persimmons and how I hadn't really has them before yeah and i learned there's two main kinds of persimmon there's the shibugaki so a persimmon is kaki and when you combine the rindaku yeah the kaki turns to gaki but anyway shibugaki is like bitter like astringent persimmon and then the other kind is amagaki so sweet persimmon 
So the two kinds, so if you ever see a tree and there's like a ton of persimmons on it still, which I've seen that and I'm like, why have they not gone out and picked and eaten all of their persimmons? It might be a shibugaki tree. Mm. And so you, you wouldn't be able to just like eat that. It would be like eating a banana skin. Mm. Like it's too, there's too many tannins in it. It does not yield. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay. And those are usually like, you know, have you seen the longer persimmons that are kind of like acorn shaped? Yeah, they're the ones that sometimes don't they make something out of them? Yeah. So it's because. Like the face. Oh, a face. I yeah, I feel like face. I've seen like a cartoonish like looking, almost like a, you know, not a jack o' lantern. Oh. But a similar maybe vibe. Well, I was going to say you do have to make stuff with, with the shibugaki types because you can't just eat them like an apple. Hmm. You have to. Either wait until they're really like soft and squishy, like overripe, and the tannins have naturally processed, I guess. Or you soak them in alcohol, or you harvest them after a frost. So, like, the cold kind of helps take the tannins away. But a lot of times, ravens will get them, like, mm. birds will get them before if you wait, if you just Clever let them, bird. like, stay out there. Yeah. Or you dry them, which you might see that a lot where they've actually, like, hung them up on strings and dried them. Yeah, I'm on pretty like polar opposites on the um, persimmon spectrum. Oh, I really like fresh persimmon. Yeah, like when they're chopped up, like you're eating apple slices. Mm -hmm. That might be my favorite way, maybe, to eat persimmon. Mm -hmm. Or I like the ones that are really dry. Mm. You got some recently, and they're just a little bit too moist. Mm, I like those. They're kind of they're dried. But I like, like the ones that have like a little bit of chew. Yeah. To them. Like they're dry like you can. Like an apricot. Yeah. More like well even sometimes I like a moist apricot. Oh. But I like a really dry persimmon. Sometimes <laughs> they dry persimmons where they're like fruit gushers where like the outside is like leathery skin but then the inside is like jelly. Yeah that's true. And those are good. But those can almost are those the ones that have like almost a powdered sugar on the outside? Mm. They can. They like are powdery looking. Sometimes. Yeah, those are pretty good. So the other kind, like all of those kinds can be made with that astringent persimmon. Or you can get the amagaki, which are the ones that look more like a tomato. Like they're wider and flatter. Hmm. And they're sweet. So you could just like eat the whole thing. And what I didn't know is like those are not, those are not natural. Like They've actually been produced as a result of mutating. Oh, they're freaks. Yeah. They've, they've been like breeding the astringent persimmons until they get that like sweet variety. So those are like the Fuyu, the Jiro. Those are two of the most popular kinds of amagaki. And the kaki, the persimmon made its way from Southeast Asia to Japan like 1,400 years ago. But then... They weren't really seen as being commonly eaten until the 700s, which is still like <laughs> so, so long ago in my head. I can't even like imagine the 700s. But the first sweet persimmon was um, called the Zinjimaru. And it was a breed that they found at a temple in the Kamakura period in 1214. And you can actually go visit that Zinjimaru tree and... As recent as 2015, I saw a Google review where somebody was like, it's still here. You can still see the tree. And it's in Kawasaki in Kanagawa Prefecture. Hmm. So, I mean, assuming nothing happened to the tree, you could go see the original sweet persimmon tree. How produce fruit? I don't know. I mean, that tree, I mean, yeah. 
I don't know. It must not be the same tree. Like a couple hundred years, if you like, really take good care of it. Yeah, it can't be the same tree because if they found the first one in twelve fourteen, no, there's no way. Unless a tree can just be a thousand years and just producing fruit. I mean, I don't know anything about persimmons. So, (laughs) well, so now there's over a thousand varieties according to some articles I read. I don't know if that's true, but like over half took off. Yeah. Over half of those varieties are still that astringent kind. So you still have to like let them get really like jelly ripe almost, mm. which I don't like eating them that. I don't like eating the jelly ones. No, I don't think I would like that either. Or dry them or like pickle them in alcohol. <laughs> or you just get the sweet kind and you can just eat them straight. Yeah, I also don't know if I would want a pickled persimmon. I don't know. I don't think I've had persimmons in alcohol. I don't think but I have I think either. Plums and alcohol are good. Like, yeah. ume, ume, what is that? Umeboshi. Umeboshi. Well, it's like pickled plum. Yeah. I don't think it's like alcohol plum. I forget what you call the ume sake, but those are good. So I'm sure persimmons and alcohol would be good too. <laughs> so Why then not? I also found this article that was about um, a kaki tree, that a persimmon tree that survived being bombed in Nagasaki. And so it... I don't know how, but it was charred and, you know, not doing that well, but it survived the atomic bomb and they moved it from, they moved it to Nagasaki city and like 900 meters away and it's still alive and it's producing fruit and they actually take, it took 50 years to like get it back to a producing fruit, Hmm. uh, I don't know, ability, but now they host these art projects and they take the fruit from that tree and they then they take the seeds and plant them in other places. And there's a website, the kakitreeproject.com, and it says that it's an art project to encourage children around the world to nurture the saplings from the survivor tree. And through nurturing the trees, children can learn the power of life, which can overcome obstacles in life and the importance of peace. So, yeah. They planted them in like 250 countries. Persimmons are just magical. Yeah. Just incredible. I, I just can't believe it survived and that it's still 150 years later. Wait, 150? No. So the tree is 150. Hmm. But it's, yeah, since the bombing has been, came back. It was like 1945. So. There you go, tree. Yeah. Very proud of that tree. Well. word of the week <laughs> to wrap us up after all that persimmon talk it's hard to follow all that up yeah sorry but I do have a word I got really into got really into the persimmon well yeah. you you go first okay so my word is itazura mm. itazura and it means it means mischief perhaps an escapade mm. a caper a lark <laughs> a lark but it also i think can mean prank oh like, um, it's the word that was on the uh, seasonal drink that I got with the cat oh. that was called the devil's prank was the name of the flavor. <laughs> and <laughs> the devil's prank, I don't think that'd be a very delicious flavor. Yeah, but it, it seems I, like, do you remember in Harry Potter how they had the, like every flavor beans Yeah, and they would have like earwax flavor and yeah. vomit flavor. That's what the devil's prank flavor seems like it would be. Yeah. So I mostly bought it because it looked very Halloween-y. Um, and for some reason, 
There's not. I've been looking for like a pumpkin spice latte or something, you know, like in the convenience store. Yeah. But most things in the convenience store have been um, sweet potato flavored. Oh, also good. Yeah, which is also good. But then I saw the drink and it had a cat on it, so yeah. I had to get it. Um, and when I Google translated it, it came out as the flavor was devil's prank. It was the devil's well, prank latte. What did latte. it taste like? It was maple syrup. Oh, that sounds good. It just sounds like sugar, but. I mean, yeah, I in the middle maple. of a bike ride, that's. Maple's a flavor. Yeah. I mean, maple syrup. Yeah. Maple is a flavor. So I was like halfway through a like hundred mile ride and I was like. Sounds good. So they're going to make me feel really good or <laughs> the devil's prank could go terribly wrong. And I've since thought about it a lot. I haven't seen it in any other stores. And it makes me wonder. This is like just me thinking, I wonder if the devil's prank is like, does does each drink have a different level of maple syrupiness? Like maybe some drinks are like really strong flavor and some oh. drinks are weak flavored. That's probably me overthinking I don't know. it. I just don't understand. Hard to manufacture. Yeah. What? Yeah. I just don't understand why you would call the flavor. Maybe there's something else in Japanese I need to look into. Well, I don't know. It's kind of like when, yeah, maybe there's some kind of folktale or something. Because um, pretty soon it'll be the moon viewing flavor time. That's true. Well, it's already been that time. Oh, really? Yeah, McDonald's has had their schemey menu out for a while. Oh. Which yeah. I guess it just means like, like, I don't know. It was, so it means moon viewing, mm -hmm. but then the flavor is chestnut. And I guess because the chestnut looks like a full moon, that's yeah, kind of a stretch Yeah, then they also though. have the, they have the egg burger yeah. as part of the schemey because the egg looks like the moon. Yeah. It's just all kind of a stretch because yeah. like, I guess chestnut is the flavor. Anyway, I bet the devil's prank is something to do but with But then it that. makes me wonder, I know Japan has maple trees because the Japanese maple is mm -hmm. a very popular tree, but is that a syrup producing maple? Like, does it produce sap? Or is maple syrup like a North American, Canadian slash Northeast US? Yeah. Thing? I have to look that up. I don't think the Japanese maple produces syrup. I don't either. But anyway, what's your word? Well, mine is going back to what we were talking about earlier with pocket money. So, Hezo curry is secret savings. <laughs> And hezo is is belly button, and curry in, in this kanji means proceeding, like before. So I don't know why, like when you put like belly button and before together, it means secret savings. But one you're hiding stuff in your belly. Yeah, button. someone was saying that like maybe it's because you could keep like cash in your like ob belt, you know, like close to your belly mm, button. Some stinky money. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Who paid me with this? <laughs> <laughs> like hiding it in your clothes, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, Hazard Curry is like secret savings. And some of the articles that were referencing the pocket money were talking about how like some women will give their husbands a little bit of pocket money. And then even though there's more left over, they put that in like a secret savings account. Hmm. And I was trying to find like this. they're planning on like running away? I don't or? know. Like maybe it's for the family if they're trying to be good, you know, but... Hopefully it's not just, you know, for like a purse or something, like a nice bag. But I did read, I was trying to find it again. I couldn't, but there's some story about like a samurai's wife who had a secret savings fund and then the samurai got in trouble and she was like, oh, I have this secret savings and I bought you this horse and the horse like helped him win the battle or something. 
So I guess they were like, and see, the women women know best. Like, they'll save the money the right way, which is, you know... Which is interesting because you think that's just like... Not a great way to look at a relationship, but... Yeah, because you just think that's additional savings. Yeah. Like, you would just give your husband slightly less pocket money, and then you would just put slightly more into the savings. Well, for some reason, it has to be secret savings. I don't know why. Because he might take it, (sighs) buy a house for a horse. Well, it made me think, like, like, my great aunt, I've been told that she hid money in books, like... I don't know why she would do that, though. Well, there were a lot of people that, you know, didn't trust the banks yeah. after the Great Depression. So they would stuff money in, like, mattresses and stuff. That's true. And in Japan, that's still very popular, apparently, that you save cash. Like, yeah. not in a bank account, but you keep it in your house because they don't really... I don't know if it's because they don't trust the bank or if it's just a different thing, but there's a string of robberies in Tokyo, like right when we first moved here Mm -hmm. and they're pretty high profile. So we're in the national news and there were a few stories where they were still stealing like millions of yen from Mm -hmm. elderly people because they just had like boxes full of cash in their house. Wow. It's wild. I was reading an article. It was like, or not article. It was like a, (laughs) like a Reddit post or something, but it was like a couple that lived in Japan and they had been robbed and the police came to their house when they reported it and the police asked the wife, like, can you tell us the amount in front of your husband? Which is such a funny thing to ask. But she said it was because like, maybe there would be like an assumed Hezekuri or something. Yeah, like, do you have secret money? Yeah. Are you planning on running away? Yeah. I don't know. What a wild, you know, just different perspective on managing money. Yeah. Maybe it's like, you know, when you put a jacket on and you find money in the pocket, maybe it's supposed to be like that. Like, you're not doing so well. And then all of a sudden, the wife is like, I have this rainy day fund. Hmm. You're very optimistic. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I don't a nice think, thought. I don't think we have any Hezekuri. No. <laughs> it's, it's a secret. It's, yeah, it's, I, I'm not aware of it. Well, thanks for listening again this week. And if you have anything to add or anything you noticed that we got wrong or anything you want to tell us about, maybe you have some secret savings, you can email us. Rambling Ramsbottoms. Yeah, let us know how your family manages their money. <laughs> it doesn't have to be like that. What do that, you guys but... do? <laughs> <laughs> but we'd like to hear from you. So ramblingramsbottoms at gmail.com. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.